I'd like to invite Suella to join me. Some of you may know Suella, some of you may not. She's the co-pastor of Elim Church in Queen's Road, a sister church uh, in the town. Uh, and Suella and Mike borrowed our baptistry a few weeks ago now to do a uh, baptismal service. And during the course of that, we had a, uh, a healing time. Uh, as a result of that, we've invited Suella to come along this morning and to, uh, to lead a healing service for us. Uh, so thank you very much, Suella, for agreeing to do that and thank coming you along. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'll just pray with you. Father, we thank you for Suella. We thank you that she knows you, that she loves you, and that, Father, you have equipped and gifted her in many areas. And, Father, as she comes to speak to us this morning and lead worship, we just ask for a double anointing upon her, Father, that through your Holy Spirit you will inspire her, and that, Father, we will uh, have open hearts to hear from you this morning the thing which you want for each one of us. So, Father... Just bless her, take care of her, and really uh, inspire her to bring what you have laid on her heart for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, it's great to be with you, and thank you for having me with you. Um, why am I here this morning? Uh, apart from just um, the, the pastoral ministry, God called me a long time ago to bring the prophetic word in season to people and to the church, and to also um, create for God a, a space in church services or even through my ministry in which God can touch people, because God loves us and he knows exactly what he need, we need and he wants to make the most of all the meetings we have together for the, uh, the Lord to touch us and when we came to do this baptismal service um, uh, the Lord was leading us to pray for healing now you don't pray for healing in a baptismal service you want to get on with it and get people baptized and then somebody came at the end of the meeting and said you know God touched my arm and I can do something that I couldn't do before. And uh, the Holy Spirit uh, spoke to me in that moment and said, the season has come, the time has come when I want to move in this church. And uh, um, I, I know something when God wants to move in a place. I go into that place and I suddenly feel home. And when I came here, I felt home. I felt like I belong. I felt like I was feeling what the Holy Spirit feels. It was a revelation that the Holy Spirit abides here and he is active here and he wants to work here. So I said to God, um, I have been invited to other places to speak and so on and so forth. But about this church, I said to God, right, if you want me to go to this church and hold a healing service, let's call it anything, healing, miracle, power service of the Holy Spirit, I said, you have to make it possible. Because I have a choice, either to call somebody and ask them, and or at, at least to reveal to them what you uh, you have told me, or you can go and arrange it all yourself. I, I I placed before him an impossibility, but I said to him, if if you go and arrange it all yourself, I will know that it is you that wants me there. And I am amazed at how uh, God worked. And I am amazed. I, I, I still don't know how he worked to bring this about and for me to be here. But I know why I am here. 
I know that God wants to touch your life today. I know that God wants to quicken you. I know that he wants to edify you. I I know that he wants to give water to the thirsty. How many of you are thirsty for more of God in your life? I mean, I can't get enough. Hallelujah. I'm in the right place. And how many of you really want God to, to touch you, to touch your physical bodies, to touch you emotionally, to touch your families? How many of you want God to give you a hope for your families, especially in those circumstances when there is turmoil in the family and there is things going on between your children and, and the marriages and everything. How many of you want a real touch of God? Amen. Let me, let me give you a good news before we start to worship. The good news is this. We serve a powerful God. We serve a God that knows no limit. We serve a God that is able to do everything that is impossible for men. We serve a God that cares so much for us that he became a servant. He, he took his garment and sat down and he began to wash his disciples' feet. That was an expression of who he is. This morning we are here together. We are sitting on our chairs. We are expecting something of the Lord. But if you want to have an image of Jesus today, Jesus is there with his garment tied around him, on his knees with that basket of water, with the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to minister in our lives. Amen. And I would invite you to have an open mind, to have an open spirit, to have an open soul during the time of worship, during the time of prayer, during the time of preaching, because the Holy Spirit moves. Amen. And he is moving even now. And all you have to do, whatever the need is, is reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Amen. That's all you need to do. Just reach out. Just tune in with the Holy Spirit. And whatever it is, God is going to minister breakthrough in those situations of your life. I just, it came into my spirit. One of you is tired. You are tired because you are praying in the evening. You try uh, praying during the night and you're crying a lot. There is a situation in your life in which you feel like, God, I can't go on anymore. I've had enough of this stress. I've had enough of this problem. And God speaks to you today and he says to you, daughter, I'm here for you. I'm here for you and I will give you the, the, the desired breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So please accept me today for those that are older than me. Accept me as my daughter. For those that are the same age, accept me as your sister. And let's all get into the presence of God together. Amen. I have found uh, these two songs that I believe everybody will know. One of them is Power in the Blood. And the other one is The Days of Elijah. Amen. And if we can all stand and worship God. And if, if you are allowed to clap, clap. If you're allowed to raise your hand, raise it up. But whatever you do, tune with the Holy Spirit this morning. And I just encourage you, you, you sing so beautifully, but I encourage you to give it all that you have got. And if you can clap your hands, clap your hands. You see, the Bible says that when we worship, we build his throne. Amen. And we're going to build a throne today, right in the center of this church. Well, build the throne of God. Are you with me today? Amen. 
Amen. Could you give me a strong hand clap for the Lord as we're worshiping? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again. Thank you, Jesus. One day, Jesus said to one of the sisters of Lazarus, he said, didn't I tell you that I am the resurrection and the life? Hallelujah. Didn't I tell you that I am the resurrection and the life? Didn't I tell you that I am the resurrection and the life, which means even when something has died, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection power. I don't just have resurrection power. I am the resurrection and power. Hallelujah. That's the man we are worshiping. That's the God we are worshiping. Hallelujah. Let's put the days of Elijah to remind ourselves what days we live in and who we are in God. Hallelujah. You know, it is so important for the faith to begin to bubble in the inside of us. Amen. And the, and the, the purpose of worship is to, to, to give worship to God. But as we're giving worship to God, that faith within us is coming alive. Amen. And we need faith to receive. And that faith is there right now. Hallelujah. It's faith. You may be seated, but this is what Jesus said to his disciples. I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what I was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Amen. Amen. Can we just spend a few minutes in prayer? Um, if there is a need, bring it before the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Father God, Father God, this is my prayer. This is my cry. This is my need. Right now, I come before you. I open my heart to you. And I ask you to touch this area of my life. And to bring life where there is death. To bring victory where there is defeat. To bring healing where there is sickness. To bring, Father, hope where hope has died. Father God, touch me by your mighty power. Lord, release your Holy Spirit power on me this morning. On the situations of my life. I reach out to you, God. As I reach out to you, God, I am here, your servant. Touch me, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And if we prayed, believing, it will be given. Uh, you all know the story of Naaman in the Bible. How many of you know that story? Beautiful. Um, it's a very powerful story. You see, it has lost a bit of its flavor because it's so often told in the Sunday school. And we have made it into a children's uh, story. And that's okay. But to look at it from the perspective on, of an adult, that story is so powerful. 
This is the story of a mighty man. This is the story of a general. I have got an army man in my church, and they even walk straight. I mean, they, they can be so intimidating, you know. Uh, uh, there is something about them. You know, they, they are not so connected to their feelings. Everything is logic. Everything is structure. You know, yes, sir. So this kind of people you, you are not the kind of people that will be, you know, kind of very spiritual or very much in touch with their emotions. They are kind of go for it. They are battle men. They have seen stuff. Okay. And uh, this man was one of the most important men in his country. In fact, his king loved him and esteemed him highly. We are told in the book of Kings for those that have the Bibles, uh, chapter uh, and chapter five. And we are told that the king esteemed him highly. Now, this is the description that the Bible gives us about Naaman in uh, chapter five of two Kings and verse one. Now, Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord has given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had a problem. He had leprosy. You see, he he was now out in a sense of his job, his position, because he had a problem. And this problem prevented him from being everything that he could have been. This problem prevented him from doing everything he wanted to do. This problem prevented him from serving his country. And, 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 And because this one was one of the best men that king had... And very valued. The king wanted to find a solution. Anything just to help the man. But everyone in that day and age knew that leprosy is incurable. There is no cure for leprosy. Therefore, everybody knew that Naaman's career had come to an end. Everybody knew that Naaman could not function as he functioned before. And this troubled the king and this troubled Naaman. Now the king and Naaman, with all the wealth that they had, they would have sought all the physicians, they would have gone to all the places that could offer some help to Naaman. You see, I highly respect doctors and nurses and medicine because they do a great job. But we all know, and I know very well because I lost my mother from cancer when I was at the age of 18. We all know that there are certain things that cannot be cured by anything. We all know that oftentimes we go to the doctor or in the hospital and they will say, well, we can try this or we can try that, but there is no guarantee because they have come to the end of what they can do. But you see, when man comes to the end of what they can do, that is the point where God can begin. Because what is impossible for man is possible with God. And Naaman was in this position. He didn't even know the Lord of Israel. But he was so blessed because in his household, there was a young girl servant who not only knew the truth, but who believed the truth with all her heart. You see, a man or a woman or 
child with faith in their heart is the person that brings hope to other people. And the Bible tells us that um, she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him from his leprosy. This is a servant girl, but she is a believer. She, She may be a servant, she may be a slave, but she is free because she knows her God and she knows what God is able to do. And she produces this massive stri- uh, 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 she, she, she's statement by saying that there is somebody in Samaria who could cure leprosy. I mean, she could have been beaten, she could have been fired, she could have even been killed. How dare you say such a thing? Yet she knows. I know that I know that my Redeemer lives, that he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. And he has done it over and over again. He is my God, and I know that my God is mighty, and I know if you you go to my God, God will help you. God will deliver you. Amen. That's the kind of boys and girls and women and men that God is seeking in the days of Elijah, which are our days. Men and women that will take God to his word and will declare it. This girl had no problem of her own, but she knew a man that had a problem and she was going to stand in the gap. She had a choice to keep her mouth shut or to speak, but she says, this is my moment to speak. If I don't speak, he will die in his leprosy. She's, she's got a great faith. Yeah? And the Bible tells, tells us that, uh, that, that Naaman took her, uh, am I right? Naaman took her to her word and he, he gathered his soldiers and he took so much gold and so much silver and whatever else he took to present to the prophet and to present to the king of the country. And not only that, but the king said, okay, uh, we're going to write a letter to that king to make sure that you have got the healing. So when he goes to that country, he presents the letter to to the king and the king of Israel gets so frightened that he tears his robes. He says, I can't help this man. I can't heal leprosy. Uh, I, I, I know many physicians. I, I, I have many, many different herbal cures. I, I, can, I can do, you know, I can uh, bring you everything I've got available. But all that I have available is not enough to cure this man. The other king is asking for battle. He's finding a reason for me to fight with him. So he really got frightened. But there was a prophet in Israel. And I want to encourage you today. We know, we, we're not talking about a prophet in Israel anymore. Uh, we have got Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, we have got Jesus. And he is here this morning with power to touch us. Amen. And this is what uh, uh, Elijah said. When Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Why have you torn your robes? How many of us often find ourselves in that place where we're torn our robes? 
because the, the answer, the, the, the news is so negative. The situation is so grave. We're really scared. And we don't know what to do. Do you remember Mary? She visited the tomb of Jesus and she was crying by the grave. And the first question Jesus asked her was, woman, why do you cry? Why do you cry? Because she was living still in the dimension of death. She was living still in the mentality of he is crucified, he is gone, he is dead, I will never see him again. But he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he says, when I am lifted up, I will take everybody with me in, in glory. Everybody is going to experience the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. These and greater things you will do because I am going to the Father, Jesus said. These and greater things than these. You see my ministry, Jesus said. You see everything I have done. These and greater things than these I will do through my church because my church is my representative on earth. And I am going to continue what I have started in this world. The spread of the kingdom of God. His reign in the hearts of men and women. Amen. And uh, the Bible says that, um, why have you, uh, you torn your robes? Have the men come to me and I will know that, uh, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. This is a man of God. This is a man that knows God. He is declaring what the Lord says will be. What did the centurion say to Jesus? He said, only speak the word and my servant will be healed. You don't even need to come in my house. That's exactly what Elijah is doing. He's saying, Naaman, you want to be healed? I don't even need to come out and greet you. I don't need to even come out and meet you. In fact, I am not even bothering to get up from my sofa and say hello to you. Oh my goodness. I mean, this is a state official. And Elijah is not giving him the time of the day because Elisha is doing what God is telling him to do. He is a representative of God and he knows that it is God who has the power to perform and not man. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the man uh, responds, you see, it's so easy to get offended. It's so easy to move away from God's will for our life. It's so easy to miss the blessing that God has prepared for us. This man was so furious. Naaman was so furious that he says, man, come with me and let's go iron the rivers of my country better than the filthy waters of Jordan. I'm not going there. You know, complete offense. And one of the men, the servants, had this common sense and said, if the prophet asks you to do something harder, wouldn't you have done it? Oh, yes, I would. But he's not asking you to do anything hard. All you have to do is receive by obeying the word of God. Hallelujah. All you have to do is receive. 
That's all people did in Jesus' day. They only received. The Bible says that whoever came to him with whatever kind of problem, when they came to him by faith, they received. I mean, I'm sure that there were those in the crowd that had issues, but they were there to criticize and judge and and, and mock him. And they maybe didn't receive anything because their heart was so closed. But the Bible says that whoever that was in need, when they came to Jesus and asked him, he helped them. He healed them. He restored them. He delivered them. And that's exactly what's happening in the Old Testament we see. And the Bible says that um, uh, Naaman went to wash himself. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan. How many times? Once? Seven. Seven. Seven times, as the man of God had told him. Seven times. He went down the first time, nothing. He went down the second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. Fifth time, am I sure I'm doing this? Sixth time, I think it's time to leave. Seventh time, suddenly the miracle takes place. And his flesh, the Bible says, became like the flesh of a child. Hallelujah. God is powerful. He is able. And this is what he said. They Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now... I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Because I have gone to the other gods. I have tried everything. I have given them prayers. I have given them offers. I have bowed down before them and lay prostrate. But none of them was able to heal me. But now I know I have met the God, the real creator of the universe and not only believe me this you see uh, what happens in the outside is powerful but what happens in the inside of a person when they are touched by God is even more powerful he said now I know which means that not only I have experienced God in my physical body but inside my heart I know your God and nothing is able to change what I believe. Nothing is able to change my understanding of your God. That means that he went as a non-believer and he came back as a disciple. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that God, the God of Israel is here for you this morning. Hallelujah. He is here for you this morning. And I just believe that God sticks to timetable. So I've asked him, please, God, do a miracle. <laughs> uh, cause us to be able to, to experience everything you have for us in that time limit. So I will believe that within five or ten minutes, as we are praying and laying hands, God will just touch you. Amen? Because he is here this morning. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And the way we're going to do it is this way. Um, I will have some of the leaders. We have planned it before. And I will pray. They will lay hands on you and will believe God with you. Amen. Don't be shy. Take a step of faith. This is your moment. Believe God. That's how healings and miracles take place. If you don't take a step, you can, you're going to stay where you are. But if you take a step of faith, things are going to change. You'll give God a chance. Amen? Hallelujah. Can we just play very quietly in the background while we are praying that song, Because He Leaves, please? Hallelujah. As we play the, the song, please make your way to the front. It's a moment between you and God, and we'll pray for you. Amen? Come on, let us all stand and worship him. And for those that don't need prayer this morning, you can continue to worship God. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, make your way to the front. The Bible says that they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will be healed. Hallelujah. Well, if you have got a problem, you are the first one that qualifies to have your hand laid upon. So put your hand on that part of the body. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you will touch every person in this room mightily. That you will touch every part of the body that is sick. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will remove from their bodies everything that shouldn't be there. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will restore everything that needs to be restored. Father God, that you will deliver, Father, any person here that is struggling with infirmity and sickness, deliver them from infirmity this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for being here in the house. Please continue to pray, play that song again. Thank you. Thank you this morning. And we give you glory. Father God, for every healing, for every touch of your spirit upon your people, we give you the glory. Thank you, God, for touching our lives this morning. Thank you, God, for open hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for having me with you this morning. Okay, thank you, Sue Ella. I was taken back to uh, Elim conferences. And uh, for various reasons, we haven't been to one for a long time now. And uh, that was good. Uh, If anyone else needs praying for and hasn't come forward yet, then... I'm going to be around for a little while, and Sue is going to be around for a little while as well. So if you uh, you feel you've been stirred, either since or before, or just have not had the courage to come forward, you're in a safe place. This is where God is. And uh, we'd be delighted to pray for you if anybody is in that position. Uh, there are some books, as I said at the beginning, at the back there. And if you want to browse through those, and if you want to buy one, then I'm sure that can be sorted out for you as well. Um, yeah, apart from that, may God bless you all. Uh, may you enjoy the rest of your day. In Jesus' name. Amen.